One of the biggest struggles plaguing my brother's family concerned his five-year-old daughter, Zoe. Last fall, she developed a medical condition, which became more and more concerning. After a few emergency trips to the hospital, the medical community began considering invasive and life-changing surgery. While my brother, Ken, did not believe that was God's destiny for his young daughter, months went by with no clear answer. There was a lot of prayer, a lot of seeking and worrying and searching for an answer, and finally choosing to trust and stand and see the salvation of the Lord, or as we call it here, dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. About six weeks back, the condition began to gradually diminish until a couple nights ago, Ken randomly asked his daughter, what happened? How do you think you got better? It was Jesus, Zoe stated. He said, do not fear. So somehow, God's spirit got to the heart of her struggles and set her free. Psalm 91, verse 14 and 15 says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. There was quite a while my brother was overwhelmed by Zoe's medical problems. And yet, at the right time, God roared out of Zion and delivered her. Join me today as we complete our journey through Psalm 91. It's hard for me to believe, but here we are on the last verse of Psalm 91. When the quarantine swept us off our feet, I was asking God, what could I do? How could I encourage other people? And that's how I begin these podcasts. It's interesting because I'm always the most encouraged of all. And today, the news is saying governors are falling over one another, trying to be the first to reopen their economies. So we know this time of separation is going to end, just as Psalm 91 comes to an end in verse 16. It says, with a long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. The children of Israel were slaves for 400 years, and I think there's a good chance you and I have had shackles from slavery to something in our lives. Maybe there's a hidden sin a chemical addiction. More likely, it's the simple chains of obligations, busyness, needing to please others. Through Psalm 91, God calls us away to the secret place to deal with the things that have tied us up. But now he's setting you free. And he completes all of this by blessing you with a long life and salvation from all that once bound you. I mentioned that I had a rough patch in my life many years ago. During that long and dark season, I lost everything I held dear. I'll always remember a Friday night when I was missing my kids and my friends and the deep fellowship I once had at my church, and now I was completely alone, just walking empty streets in an unfamiliar city. The loss and loneliness was very real, and I felt empty inside. I believed God had forsaken me, and I didn't even consider calling on him. I was thinking, my life is over. 
I'm 45 and I have nothing to live for, nothing to hope in, nothing to believe in. When I looked into my future, I saw only a dark and empty tunnel. I was no longer young enough to begin again, and the hopelessness was tangible. As I crossed a deserted street that night, I heard God. He spoke a word of light that pierced the shadows in my mind. You have only lived half your life, he gently told me. You have another half to go, and it will be a full life. That pinprick of light sustained me through the next few years. I needed to scratch and claw my way back to the surface and breathe again. Today at times, I actually find myself thinking, oh, my life is so full. (laughs) My kids surround me and I have grandbabes. I have a wonderful church, a great husband, ministries and adventures. If I had only lived half my life when I was 45, well, let's just say I still have a long ways to go. My mom is a wonderful example of someone God has honored with a long life. She is a tiny sprite of a woman, weighing in at only 85 pounds, soaking wet. But at the age of 89, she can still run circles around me, and she can punch Satan in the gut. She raised us five kids in a tiny Detroit home on a pitiful allotment for groceries. My mom was always kind, unassuming, never TV star or had excess wealth. My dad often didn't appreciate her saintly ways, but we kids always felt loved and we felt rich and blessed. I can still remember hearing her sing hymns as she hung sheets out to dry or stirred dinner on a steaming pan in our little mini kitchen. You could reach from one side to the next with one hand. My mom always made sure we attended church and she has prayed for us all her days. She tells wonderful stories of how God answered prayers. And you know what? She's still going strong. This little fireball for Jesus was honored with a long life. And all us children rise up and call her blessed. Many women have done excellently, but you excel and outlive them all. A few episodes ago, I interviewed my brother. He pointed out that all the Psalms first uh, speak first about Jesus. We read Psalm 91, and we see that it's true. All those promises were fulfilled through our Savior. But then we come to this verse 16 where it says, with a long life. Yeah, that's a bit sketchy, I thought. Even the Holy One of God could not count on a long life. But then I read Isaiah 53 for our Passover feast. Now, follow me here. This is a chapter that's a prophetic picture of Jesus' life and destiny as a man on the earth. Verse 8 says, he was cut off from the land of the living. Okay, yes, that is sad, but true. We know Jesus was crucified and did not die a natural death, old and full of years like, say, Abraham. But now we look at verse 10, which says, he shall prolong his days. So is this contradictory? He was both cut off and his days were prolonged. How does that work? I guess I have to think it's talking about the resurrection. He will be cut off and die younger than he should. 
or could have, but actually he would rise again and his days would be miraculously prolonged. On top of that, Jesus rose and joined his father in heaven where he will live eternally. And if he never died, well, (laughs) that's a long life, don't you think? Jesus ensured us through his resurrection that he is Lord over death. He told Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. My husband and I recently rented the movie called I Still Believe about the musician Jeremy Camp. I want to warn you. I have a spoiler alert coming, so if you don't want to hear it, you need to go watch that movie before you finish this podcast. Jeremy Camp's beautiful fiance was miraculously healed of cancer. How fantastic is that? She was a young and godly, devoted young woman. She was worthy of that miracle. And then, directly after the couple was married, the cancer returned with a vengeance within a few months. She had passed on. That is not a long life, God. But then I thought, Melissa does live on. She lives on those who loved her and knew her. She lives on through many who came to the Lord because of hearing her story. And she has that eternal life thing going on. Think about it. Jesus, he explained it to the Sadducees when he said, As to whether the dead will be raised, haven't you read about this in the writings of Moses in the story of the burning bush? Jesus went on. Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. That's what Jesus said. Think about it. He's saying that God still knows and is with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, just like he's with Melissa Camp and anyone who loves him that has gone on before us. He's with my dad, and he's with my daughter's best friend. She expected to be healed of cancer, but she was cut off far too young in our way of thinking. And yet, these people are not dead at all. In fact, they're living their best lives. If we could talk to them right now, they'd say... No, I am really alive now. So the promises of God are yes and amen. I see that clearly in my life and in so many lives around me. Those promises are laid hold of in the secret place. God speaks to us there and shares his secrets with us. When we hide there, he tells us what he's doing, when we should hang on, and he tells us when we should let go. For a greater purpose. On Easter Sunday, a family of four was watching an online Easter service. The husband began tracking a potential storm. He suddenly, quickly moved his family into a concrete room in the house. Mere seconds later, a tornado ripped apart the entire house. Nothing remained except that one room. The picture I saw online shows the house's foundation completely empty except for a concrete closet. 
That's where the family stayed, and that is where they miraculously survived. Psalm 91 tells us we have a concrete closet. When the winds blow and storms come, as they will, we have a place to hide. We will not be swept away. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoyed creating it. You can follow the links in the description to reach me by email or on Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast on Spotify for the next edition. I am thinking about the book of Esther. How does that sound? Email me your thoughts in the link and description below and let me know. May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Enjoy your secret place.